Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to BXB, Bronx Baseball, Yankees podcast from Odyssey and WFAN, along with Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. The Yankees are in a 2-0 hole, Keith, in a best of seven. Here we are wiping our sleep from our eyes and hoping the Yankee bats can do the same thing when they get back to New York. I I hoped it was a dream, Sweeney. I hope that uh, today was actually game two and the roof was closed and they didn't have anything to blame anything on. <laughs> I said, you know, being on late night, being the guy that gets to host the show till 2 a.m. after your post game and, you know, take calls from the fans and read reactions on Twitter. It, it was doom and gloom. It was like, oh, you guys. Well, I mean, there's nothing there's nothing to be nothing about. There's nothing good. There's nothing good out of these first two games, honestly. And even a little bit of good has been uh, drowned in the the excuses and the mistakes and the strikeouts really um but after i slept on it i'm like hey they're coming home they haven't lost a a home game yet we'll feel a little differently if they win these next two home games maybe even three so let's come back from this um you know the strikeouts and aaron judge missing by just this much a big part of what happened here um well let's start with judge because you mentioned the roof open thing and you know the Yankees are getting clobbered for just mentioning it. You know, they're asked the question, did you think Judge's ball was gone? And the response is no, because the wind was blowing it back in. And the wind's blowing it back in because the roof was open. So, like, I didn't take it as them blaming the roof being open. I just took it as we asked them what they thought, and this is what they said. But nobody likes to lose, and there's no satisfactory answer when you lose to questions like that. So I think we're just finding places to, you know, direct our rage when, you know, listen, it happened. Yeah. I think I'm just going to go off of what the guy that was playing in right field and hit the ball to right field said, he said he was standing out there for eight innings. He didn't think it was a home run and he could tell how the wind was playing. He said, I hit it to the wrong side of the park. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't care about exit velocity or comparing exit velocity to Alex Bregman's home run or any of that. Um, what I care about is, you know, putting bat to ball, trying to manufacture a run, couldn't manufacture a run. You, you, you go down three, nothing. You answer back with some contact, just yeah. putting the ball into play. And then after that, it was hero ball. Everyone's trying to hit the solo shot well, to tie it instead of the – Here's the problem, though, Keith. You know, that contact, okay, that was great, but the Astros had two men on base and Alex Bregman had two strikes. His contact was a three-run homer. Anthony Rizzo came up with two men on base and two strikes, and his contact was a ground ball, okay? You see the difference here? Yeah, the Astros aren't beating. You got to say your line. You got You got to say the famous line. He won homers win ball games, and if you're the Yankees, they lose them for you. Keith, the Astros aren't beating the Yankees because they're stringing together 14 hits and peppering the ball all over the yard and scoring seven runs on doubles and singles and stealing bases. They're not winning some old fashioned different way. They hit three home runs in the series with two strikes. Their two-strike approach is to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah. That's yeah. winning them the games. It's the postseason. Home runs win your games in the postseason. Chicks dig the long ball. We've already been talking about this. You get out homered. And you know what sucks, too? It's not the Altuve homers killing you, Jordan Alvarez. 
And I think I had said on air after game one, I'm like, it's only so long you can hold off those guys or Alex Bregman or Kyle Tucker yeah. before they get a hold of one. Uh, you you got to be able to take advantage. So you know, the Astros are probably saying the same thing about Judge and Stanton, though. You know, they've held them down. And think about this. You know, Judge and Stanton actually aren't the ones striking out. Okay, it's the bottom half of the order. The Yankee lineup is pretty top heavy and it has been all year. And when you don't get the returns of LeMayhew and Benintendi and Donaldson keeps looking old still and you're, you know, you're still shuffling guys in and out. Now you got young guys like Peraza and Cabrera who are great for energy and things like that. But when you're facing the kind of pitching that you're facing, it's a lot harder to get these things going, you know. It's, it's just a little bit more difficult. And Judge and Stanton have actually put some pretty good at-bats together, but they haven't – the Astros haven't let them beat them either. And if that continues, well, listen, the Yankees' stars have to play like stars. And if they're not going to play like stars, if not, you know, there, there's only so much – you can, at some point the Astros are going to say the same thing. I think they feel fortunate because their stars haven't done anything either. <laughs> I think they feel fortunate because they know how to pitch the New York Yankees, whether it's Justin Verlander or Framer Valdez. Like, they just – They just look overmatched, and the Yankees look like they're scrambling here late in the season. Let's change the lineup. Let's listen to every pundit, every analyst, every outside person telling us we should do this and just cave and give into it at the end of the season because we're kind of grasping for straws, like you mentioned, with Benintendi out, with DJ out, and uh, with with guys swinging for the fences. It's just like, I don't know, fire the hitting coach right now. Didn't we we fire the hitting coach last year? We did. uh, it's, it's not it's not what you want at this late in the season with a trip to the World Series on the line. What I was saying last night, I'm like, these guys look like they don't know they're playing for the American League Championship. Like, they're, you're playing for the pennant. You're back in it again against a team that has eliminated you uh, three times in the same spot or two times in the same spot, and you're looking for three. These guys haven't lost a postseason game yet. They're undefeated in the postseason. You have to win at home. You have to win two Maybe three at home. Maybe, or, yeah, probably three. I would think or you don't have a chance. Try and go back there to win two is going to be hard. Um, listen, the pitching has been outstanding, right? And Houston's had some of the same problems offensively. Um, if you look at them, they're again, they're not this uh, this very different dynamic offense that's doing a lot of things. Um, they're, two strike pitches have really been a big difference. Because if you look at game one, Clark Schmidt gave up a pair of home runs with two strikes on each batter. Uh, Luis Severino hit Martin Maldonado with a two-strike pitch. Um, And then Bregman was down the count, uh, one-two. Astros are doing things with two-strike pitches. And some some of it's luck because, you know, Maldonado got hit by a pitch, right? And, you know, Bregman hit one to the right side of the park instead of the wrong side of the park like Judge did. That's the um, and this isn't about excuses. This is just what happens, okay? But the Astros are winning games offensively because they're doing what the Yankees need to be doing is multiple runs in one shot, and their pitching is really good. I mean, you know, Verlander's Verlander. We know that Valdez was pretty impressive because he did the same thing where he kind of worked out of the early trouble and then just started dialing in and, and gearing up the strikeouts because most of these strikeouts are happening later in the game. They're not early on. Yankees have had chances against both these guys early on. Yeah. They always seem to have chances and not be able to cash in. That's the frustrating part. You felt like you were in both of these games. And then the way that they managed the bullpen in the first game and some of the decisions that were made there makes the second game even more frustrating because it's, it was a completely different tight game that you were in and uh, they couldn't get it done. And you believed, you know, guys battled, Sevy battled, even though he had, you know, given up that three-run bomb. Um, the bullpen was ready to go in the second game that you refused to use some of those guys in the first game. But here we are, Sweeney. I, like I said, after I slept on it last night, I was doom and gloom because I think MLB Network put out a, a number like 84% of the time teams that go up 2-0 in the American yeah, yeah. League champion. So it's like 84% of the time is almost a guarantee, but it's almost a guarantee. And Listen, now they're the Yankees, the Yankees have been there, right? They're down. They're up 3-0 once. They were up 3-0. I said that on the air last night. I'm like, I don't have to mention our own history. I don't have to mention what happened to us. Uh, but now they're looking for miracles. Right? <laughs> you know, if you're looking at what you have in front of you and not looking for mirror uh, miracles, it, it it doesn't 
doesn't feel that great as a Yankees fan today. It doesn't doesn't <laughs> feel that great as a you know a guy that's hated the Astros for the last six seven years. I think it's going to take a miracle, and I mentioned this probably about a month ago because if you looked at you know we mentioned the injuries of the lineup and the, all the injuries to the bullpen, the Yankees are in a situation where they're not lined up the way you want to be. So it's going to take Garrett Cole to be Garrett Cole, and he has been so far for two starts. It's going to take Aaron Judge to be Aaron Judge. He hasn't been yet. He's been pitched really really well, I thought, in the Cleveland series, and he's you know he was this close. Uh, in game two against the Astros, these are the guys that have to come up, you know, I, you know, co- comparing to other sports. I know it's sometimes difficult, but, um, you know, or, or even past playoffs, you know, the, you need the you need Kirk Gibson or Oral Hershiser the way the Dodgers had. This is what the Yankees need out of Cole and Judge. You need them to lead the way. And Gibson was only one swing, but it still it was it was, it was big enough to change things. Um, I mentioned I made a basketball comparison. You know, Danny Manning was the player of the year in 1988, and he led a cast of character. I shouldn't say cast of character. That's that's it, it's you know probably a little too demeaning to that Kansas group that had good players, but he was clearly the best player on that team and led probably an overmatched team from some of the other ones to an NCAA championship because he led the way. Okay. You need the guys to step up. The stars have to step up. The Yankees still have a couple of those judge and Stanton still in the middle of the order are huge pieces. The Yankees are going to lean on him, Keith. Anthony Rizzo, a world series Rizzo, champion. Yes. Um, Harrison Bader, who was traded for because you figured he'd have an impact in October and he's had an impact in October that yeah. nobody mm-hmm. estimated. Uh, these young guys now that have been forced into duty and they should be allowed to play. They should be in the lineup, but you could tell they were overmatched last night. Uh, you hope that they find a spark in Yankee stadium. Uh, I don't know. This team. Those are, those are kind of add-on guys. They're batting at the bottom of the order. Those have to be add-on runs. Yeah, no, but we know, Sweeney. We, we know that the MVP of the league that hit 62 home runs and carried this team to victory yes. has to be active or they're not going to be able to win. We know John Carlos Stanton, who hits a home run half of the games that he plays in the postseason, has to hit a home run or these yes. guys aren't going to have it. Like, we know the main guys are, but it's a team at the end of the day. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've seen Octobers where – the less likely guys can rise, uh, they're going to need a mix of all of that. Anybody can be the guy to hit the ball out or just get a knock. And I, that's the thing. It doesn't have to always be hit the ball out, put bat to ball, pass the baton. Uh, when you got guys like Trevino, Trevino or Higgy, uh, they, they, you know, they can't be coming up small all the time at the plate. Um, anybody can get it done. Obviously, they have to be led by their MVP, the league MVP. And a guy in John Carlos Stan who's won an MVP, and even Josh Donaldson, who has won an MVP, yeah. has been an all-star, and is making money like he's still an all-star. You need that guy to be able to cash in. And if you don't have that, you're going down. You're swinging, and you're swinging out your shoes, and they're throwing curveball after curveball after curveball, and nobody can get a bat on it. And it's it's a sad way to go out. It really is because you hate the Astros. I do personally. I know there's a lot of fans that look at Minute Maid Park like a house of horrors. They're fans been. are fans are in there waving those towels and roof open or closed, right? They're talking about the difference in the crowd noise with the roof yeah. open or mm-hmm. closed. It doesn't matter. They play well there. These guys go to the American League Championship six years yeah. in a row. This is familiar territory for them. And even if it's you know, new guys on the team that haven't been there in the past. There's always some new guy that'll kill you. Uh, if it's McCormick this year, Chaz McCormick out of nowhere in the first game. Uh, look at your Yuli Gurriel. They keep, keep talking about how bad he was in the postseason. Yeah. He's locked in now. Yeah. Martin yeah. Maldonado, their catcher. He's taking hit by pitch. He's yeah. he's getting knocks. He's studying swings. He's yeah. they're, they're like watching these guys swings and how to pitch them, getting them off balance. It just looks like a complete and total like, like advantage for Houston in their ballpark. It just seems like they have the upper hand. But then when you look at the score and the amount of hits, it's not like they're dominating. It, it just not. looks like they're in the driver's seat and that the Yankees just can't figure out how to be the Yankees in Houston, Texas. Listen, and the Yankees have pitched well, right? Um, but you're talking about bullpens. The team with the lead gets to dictate how the bullpen is deployed. And the Yankees haven't had the lead. 
that's you know that's going to factor in and how you use these guys. I think you feel good about who who they're bringing in, especially if they can lean on you know the guy you know Loiza and Peralta have gotten big outs. You know Holmes has looked good his last couple of times, but you need a lead. You need to take the lead, or else you're not going to get to deploy people that way. Uh, Donaldson's a key figure here because he's batting fifth. He's bat you know, and he just looks like. All season, he's had trouble catching up to fastballs. It looks like you know he had a really good year last year. It just looks like he got old at, at once, right? And you're waiting for that spurt where the MVP, the pride, is going to come out. And he's had little tiny spurts during the season, never something really extended, and it just hasn't happened. This is where the LeMahieu injury really plays large because you'd have an option. If he was healthy, you'd have an option, and he wouldn't be playing because LeMahieu would probably be playing, and Torres uh, kicked it up late in the season and reclaimed his spot. But LeMahieu is going to be the guy who say, okay, if LeMahieu is playing, who are you going to sit, Torres or Donaldson? You're going to pick one and sit them. You can't sit either one of them because LeMahieu isn't there. Yeah, and – now fans are asking questions about moving IKF to third. And it's like, how do we get here? Why? You didn't want him anyway. How do we get here? Like, <laughs> how do we get to the point that you guys don't want this guy in the lineup at all, but Donaldson is not doing anything at the plate, so you're 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 considering IKF at third? It's just a mess. Uh, DJ, like you said, you know, he's a guy that this team missed last year in the single-game elimination. We had hoped that he was able to get back this year. He's not. Benintendi, he's done. You know, with all these strikeouts, you would expect Joey Gallo to be on this team still. No, right? <laughs> like, it's just, uh, it's not It's not ideal. It's not what you want and not the right start. But, hey, that can all change with an off day today, flying back to New York and uh, lining these games up this weekend that are do or die with the fans in attendance. We're, we're blessed to get another weekend late in October out here in the Bronx. I know the fans will be there for a 5 o'clock start Saturday at 7.07 on Sunday. Let's go. Even the series up. Absolutely have to. And 4 o'clock, Game 5 on Monday if it gets there. You're listening to BXB. It's the Yankees podcast from Odyssey, WFAN, along with Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Make sure you subscribe, review, and do all that jazz. And our surprise guest locked in. Uh, this Friday morning to help us break down the first two games and look ahead to the next, hopefully at least two games, Red Sox manager Alex Cora. Alex, how you doing this morning? Good. How are you guys? Keith's been all right. better. All right. Um, all things considered, I definitely Keith, had better Keith, morning. No. Hey, don't complain. I'm I'm back home watching games, so don't don't give me that. You know. Uh, you guys are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. <laughs> now, you say that, okay? Convince people who are listening to this right now. You watch the games really closely. You know both teams really well. I was just talking, the margin of difference doesn't seem to be that great in these two, even though it feels like the Astros are, you know, kind of beating the Yankees over the head. It's you know, it, two-strike home runs have vaulted Houston past the Yankees in the first two games. Very similar to to the Seattle series, right? Uh I mean, everybody, if you, if you talk to, to the casual fan, they will say that Houston dominated Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won the series 3 nothing, but it was a homer by Alvarez, another homer by Alvarez, a homer by Pena. Seattle, they didn't do enough offensively. They pitched really well. Coming into the series, going into the playoffs, uh, I thought – you know, for every, everything that we talk about Houston and they have an outstanding team, I think this is offensively, you know, from 17 and we know what happened, but, you know, forget about that. Offensively, this is the most challenging year in the playoffs for them. I do believe it's a, it's a lineup that is top heavy. They rely a lot on Alvarez, uh, you know, obviously Yuli, did an outstanding job in game one. Yesterday he did another one. It seems like Yuli's ready for October. But offensively, this is not your Carlos Correa, George Springer, Alvarez lineup. It is, it's a lineup that you can maneuver. And in how many – they play, what, five games already? Mm-hmm. And we've seen it. Uh, the difference this year compared to other years, the pitching is outstanding. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really good at what they do. 
they play some, they play great defense too. It's amazing what they do. And if they're going to win the world series it's because they can pitch. I don't believe offensively, this is the old Houston team that you show up and you have to worry about everybody in that lineup with the Yankees. It's not the same lineup as early in the season. And you might have the same names, but early in the season, uh, Kiner Khalifa with Khalifa was doing great. Trevino was outstanding. Donaldson was a lot better than right now. They need somebody else to step up. You cannot rely on Judge and Stanton all the time because, as you know, Sweeney, and I told you towards the end of the season, for how good Judge is, you still can pitch to him in certain situations. And obviously, Houston, they do an amazing job preparing and executing and it, it shows, but somebody else has to do the job. I agree with Keith. Uh, I listened to you at, at the end. LeMahieu is huge for you. I mean, we saw it in the wildcard game last year against us, you know, like you not having him, you can actually maneuver, pitch around certain guys and attack others. And that's what we see. But Booney is not going to make excuses. That lineup is going to make excuses. They have to execute and going, you know, getting back to the Bronx, I think it's going to help them out. Absolutely. I mean, we're looking at not having home field advantage in the series, but actually having a chance here to bounce back. You know, thinking about last year and your Red Sox in the uh, ALCS against the Houston Astros, I feel like early on in that series, the Red Sox had momentum. The Red Sox were able to score 9, 12 runs on them. What do you think the biggest difference is between last year's Astros and this year's Astros? I know we all know some of the obvious things, like the, the pitching, their bullpen, they're a lot better. But what are the biggest difference you're seeing um, with the, the Yankees matching up with them this year versus the Red Sox matching up with them last year? I, I do believe the Astros, as a staff, as a whole – they have the best fastballs in the big leagues. You see it, you know, the four seamers is 95, 96 with ride. And, you know, obviously the secondary pitches are great. Watching the game yesterday and I texted uh, Heim Bloom after, after the game, 30 strikeouts, four walks. One of the things that we didn't do throughout the season against the Yankees you know, we walked them. There was a lot of traffic all the time. And then all of a sudden, Rizzo will go deep or Stanton will go deep. You know, the Yankees are not going to manufacture runs. The way they do it is working the counts, taking their walks, and then they hit a homer. Mm-hmm. And Houston have done an amazing job attacking them, putting them away, there's been some good at-bats. You know, Rizzo has been amazing. Donaldson, the last one, was great. But I don't want to say the key to beat the Yankees is throwing strikes, but it's a good way of attacking this lineup. You know, uh, obviously, in Yankee Stadium, it's going to be different. Uh, the, the, the right field will play, and you have to be careful. But, you know, compared to last year, going back to the question, uh, Montero, amazing. Abreu, amazing. Stuff-wise, they're a lot better than last year. And then you add probably the best pitcher in the planet right now, Justin Verlander, who wasn't there last year. And then you throw a wrinkle with Lance McCullers, and you know what you're getting when he pitches. Uh, You're going to get breaking ball after breaking ball after breaking ball after breaking ball until, until they go to the bullpen. And those two guys, being there, done that, right? They, they were part of 17. Uh, they, they, they know what it takes. Uh, they're fe- I don't want to say they, they feel comfortable in Yankee Stadium, but, you know, it's just another venue for them. And uh, I think those two guys have, have been huge. Uh, Valdez yesterday, that was stupid, to be honest with you. I mean, he went from throwing 95, 96 to throw nothing but breaking balls towards the end. Yeah. And and it's just the adjustments is, you know, I got to give credit to Machete, you know, to Martin. Martin, he he sees the game. You see him looking at guys and moving their feet and 
get in their head. You know, Donaldson telling him, throw the ball back. Hey, that's one nothing Martin, to be honest with you. Yep. And uh, he's one of the best in the business, and uh, he's doing an amazing job with the pitching staff. Alex, you, uh, you touched on the idea that, obviously, all the strikeouts, but few walks. So it's, you know, Astros pitchers are throwing strikes. If you look at it from the other side, though, it, there's a feeling, I think, among Yankee fans that the Astros are doing something differently, that they're putting the ball in play because the Yankees have this high strikeout total. But the Astros really aren't doing anything differently. They're big. You know, I, I mentioned this to Keith at the top of the show. When Alex Bregman came up with two men on and had two strikes, he hit a home run. When Anthony Rizzo came up with two men on and two strikes, he hit a ground ball. Okay, now that's great. You made a productive out, but there's an imbalance in the scoring, and you know the Astros aren't doing it any differently. They're hitting home runs, especially with two strikes. Yes, um, just watching the game, and uh, I know how hard that game is, and I hate to go over situations, but Alex is very quick inside, and going in there, I know. I think the 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 purpose of the pitch was supposed to, you know, it was supposed to go up and in. Yeah. But the margin of error with, with Bregman is very small there because it's kind of like, like, like a flipper machine, right? Like he goes in and out, in and out, in and out, and so quick. And there's certain times in games, especially playing in these venues, you know, it's like Fenway Park. Let's put it at Fenway. I, I hate two strikes fastballs into righties when they go deep. If you're going to go in, you better miss in. You cannot miss over the plate, and Bregman did a good job. But uh, I, I do believe the Yankees are doing an outstanding job from the mound. Uh, Severino was really, really good yesterday. Uh, they got Cole coming up. Uh, they got Nestor. So for how bad it looks and – you know, everybody is saying, you know, the, the the sky is falling, you know, it's it's over. I remember going into Yankee Stadium in 17, and it was kind of like the same feeling, right? Oh, the Yankees are not hitting, uh, but we didn't hit. We didn't hit. We scored two in the first one, and I think it was one in the second one. And then we went to Yankee Stadium, and they dominated us. Yeah. And knowing how that venue plays – it's going to be crazy tomorrow. It's going to be nuts because the, it's not only the ALCS, but that that feeling of like do or die, right? Or like this is a must win. I know fans are going to show up early and they're going to be loud and it should be a fun atmosphere for for, for the Yankees. And I, I, I don't know how much a fan base or the venue can, can get you going, but – I know how it works on the other side, and it's not a, a comfortable place. So I think it's Garrett tomorrow, right? Cole tomorrow on the mound. Uh, he's been good against them in the past, and uh, he's one of the best in the business. So he should, he, they should be okay. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk already about 2017 and that series, right? Like you, like you mentioned, you were with them. The Yankees were able to win in the Bronx. They weren't able to win in Houston. But I look at this Astros team and them coming in in the regular season. And Maldonado had a quote about them coming to the Bronx and feeling like that four-game set was a postseason series. Mm -hmm. That was postseason energy. I feel like they relish it. I feel like they want to play on that stage. They want to be in that environment. And uh, how do you think that they're going to approach this? Now, I put this out there for the fans. I'm a fan. You, you can find me in any section of the stadium. Uh, you already know the Altuve chants are going to come. Yep. The boos are going to come. Stop the, that. The right. <laughs> fires Stop that. I mean, I, I know, I mean, most of the guys there, right? Uh, Guriel, Maldonado, Bregman. I work with some of them. It's a different team, right? But one of the things that they do, they look for anything to get them going, you know, like, it might be Lou Cucuzza with a bad spread in the clubhouse and they're going to take it again. No, you know what? Let's beat him. So we show Lou that he's the, the, no, yeah, let's do it. That's why. And, you know, I talked to Eduardo last year. We, we had him at one point and he goes six innings. Correa hits the ground ball. 
he does the whole like what time it is. And I grab him. I'm like, no, we talk about this. Later, I mean, don't even try because they look for anything. You know, is it the FU, Altuve, or to Bregman? I will cheer for your team, you know, like just keep it to the Yankees. You know, you boo them. Yeah, that's that's part of it, right? We get booed when we go to uh, Yankee Stadium. But uh, it's not that they take it personal, but they look for anything to, to get them going. And, uh, you know, just cheer your guys, cheer Judge, cheer Cole, and, and leave it at that. It gives them power. I've seen they George, love it. They George love it. Springer has they come love. here in a Blue Jays uniform and gone five for five because they're yelling cheater at him. Altuve, yeah. Altuve is struggling. Altuve has started this postseason in a historic 0 for 23. You know how you know how to, how to get that guy open or get that guy going, and and him for him uh, for him to get going. If he hears his name being chanted in Yankee Stadium by 40 some thousand fans, I'm I'm dreading it. I'm hoping that the fans stick to cheering for the Yankees and don't put the battery in these guys back. That's the give it, give it, give it a standing ovation. Give him a standing ovation. <laughs> Altuve, yeah, he's back. He won't know what hit him, the little reverse psychology, right? Yeah. Um, listen, you you have a possibility here now because of the way the schedule is going of, you know, it might only be two in a row, but you can play up to five in a row here. Um, the bullpen issues are going to be, you know, the decisions are going to be hyper-focused now because of how many days in a row you're going to be playing. Um, one of the things that I mentioned during the course of the season is the last several World Series champions, including yours, have had bullpen issues all the way up during the regular season into the postseason, and somehow you fix them. The Astros did it in 17. The Red Sox did it in 18. Uh, the Nationals did it in 19. You know, the Braves and Dodgers had some issues. You move guys around, move pieces around at the right times, including starters in key spots. What's the key you know, you and I talked about this late in the season. You know, you mentioned how you did it with, with Sale and these guys in 18. There's a specific way to make sure these guys buy in because it's all about buying in, right? How do how do Aaron Boone and Dusty Baker get their bullpens ready for the next five games? What does it take to get guys who, to use them in unfamiliar roles and have success? It takes a Stephen Wright to get hurt in game one of the LADS, to be honest with you. Uh, Stephen gets hurt at four o'clock. I'm in, in, in doing batting practice and uh, Dana and, and Brad come over and they're like, hey, Stephen got hurt. And I look around and I saw Nate and, and Porcello call them in. I say, hey, bro, you guys are in the bullpen. And they were like, okay, we are. And uh, then Porcello pitched the eighth inning of game one of the ALDS and it was like a snowball effect, you know, like he did it. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And then, you know, by, by, by game two or three, you know, it's like they know what they have to do. And uh, you see them with their spikes every day. That doesn't mean they're going to pitch, but the fact that they, they make themselves available, it gives you, you know, a chance to be aggressive in certain times or to show everybody that we're all in. Obviously, the medical department is huge. Uh, for us, it's a, li- it's, 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 it's a lot different than New York this year, right? In 18, we kind of stopped playing in September because we wanted to make sure everybody was reset going into October 3rd or 5th, whatever it was, you know, for the ALDS. Um, it, it's, it's one of those that nobody, nobody questioned me. Dave didn't care. We were just trying to win a World Series. And uh, the fact that David Price is a unique guy, right? Uh, I remember what they said about his elbow, right? It was a unique elbow, and he didn't care. He will pitch, show up early, and be ready. And uh, they will let me know, hey, I'm good for today. I'm good for one. I'm good for two. Uh, the, the thing that you have to be careful, and uh, I don't know, you can go to, to the way we did it in 18 and what we did last year, I don't think we use a starter in the middle of the inning. It was always a clean inning for them. And it was a sprint. It was three outs and get out. There wasn't multiple innings. So that's something that you you have to think about it, uh, make it as easy, quote unquote, as possible for them. And um, I think when you get caught up on all this stuff and it's October 20th or 21st, 
there's no rules, man. There's no like boundaries. Uh, I think everybody's available. Everybody wants to contribute. Thinking about their their health, obviously, but you have to think about the the rest of the guys. And you put so much work throughout the spring training. I mean, the off season, spring training during the season that you see it. You see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they understand that. There's no meetings. There's no like one on ones. You expect them to be ready, and they expect you to use them. And uh, you know, obviously. Uh, the front office and the medical staff are very important, but, uh, you know, from my end, if you tell me you're available and the medical staff give, gives me the green light, you have to be ready because this is what you work for, man. You don't know, how, you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to get to a world series. That's the way we see it. And, uh, it worked in 18 last year, it almost worked. And, uh, hopefully we get a chance to do it again and we'll do the same thing again. Here's a question for you about this new tournament, uh, this postseason. We've seen, you know, you were with the Mets. That's a 100-win team, get bounced in the wild card. Uh, the defending champs won 100 games this year. They didn't get out of their first round. The Dodgers won the most games this year. Um, what are your thoughts about where we are now with it? I thought it was great um, the way that it started. Even if I'm a Yankees fan, I still think it is great. This Final Four has 100-win team in it, and they're looking like the favorites to come out of it. What are your thoughts about this new postseason format with an extra wild card team with, uh, you know, five days off for these top teams and uh, where we are now looking at uh, a tied series between the Phillies and the Padres and now a 2-0 series with the Astros and the Yankees? If you ask the Braves and the Dodgers, they'll take the rest. You know, like if they have to do it again, they will take the rest. That's 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 why you work so hard for uh it, it just happened that both teams in game three, they threw the starter that they were coming from the IL, right? They were banged up instead of going with a healthy guy in game three. That's the way I see it. Uh, if I was in this situation, give me as many days as possible because at one point you have to play five in a row and then you're going to be complaining about I didn't have any rest. So it's a fun tournament. I love it. I think it's been great for baseball. Last Saturday was probably the best day in baseball in a while. Yeah. You know, the, the every game was amazing. Yeah. Honestly, after that day, it seems like everything else has been blocked. You know, like, oh, 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 just another game, you know. But what happened last week was great. And uh, hopefully tonight we have a great game. Tomorrow we get two. And they're great games. And uh, – I don't. I haven't heard anything from the players. Honestly, uh, it just happens that San Diego is playing. San Diego is a really good team. They are a really good team. That bullpen is amazing, and uh, they beat the Mets and they actually outpitch and outplay the Dodgers. And uh, it happens, and it's going to happen this year, and it will happen next year. It has happened uh, before. There's upsets in baseball, right? There's upsets in sports, yes. and it's not about the, the, the format. I think the format is great. And, uh, you know, I think those teams that won 100 and whatever, they earned their right to get their days off, and they didn't lose because of that. They lost because they didn't play well. Alex, going back to um, to Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, the way they've been pitched here, um, it looks like Judge has gotten off a lot better swings the last couple of days, especially better than he did in the Cleveland series. I was just kind of, you know, one of the things I was saying earlier is that, listen, the Yankees are in a position because their depth has been, you know, has been altered. Their stars really have to be stars. I think that's true of any championship team. I was just trying to look up, you know, Mookie Betts didn't have a great postseason for you in 18. Um, but I still feel like stars have to be stars. I mean, are the Yankees going to be able to overcome if just, you know, Mookie Betts hit uh, 188, 217 and 217 in your three series. Are the Yankees going to be able to overcome if Judge has a similar postseason? He needs a few at-bats with men on. Uh, it, it feels like 95% of his at-bats has been with nobody nobody on base. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they're so good at what they do when they have men on. You know, they run. They put pressure on you. Uh, you got to be a little bit quicker to the plate. But so far this, this postseason, there's been a lot of at-bats with nobody on. And somebody has to set the table for him. Uh, I think Bader is doing an outstanding job, you know, uh, putting good at bats. Maybe, you know, 
Bader, Rizzo, Judge. You know, I know the third spot is not great, but, you know, I hate managing other teams, you know, like I hate doing this, but uh, just kind of like, you know, see if if it changes, you know, like you got somebody in front of him that can work the count and put good at bats and he can take advantage of the situation. At the end of the day, everybody has to do their job. Everybody has to contribute. And uh, there's always a Steve Pierce somewhere, right? Waiting back there. And then he, he might be the guy, you know, uh, you know, it might be Carpenter or it might be Oswaldo. You never know. But uh, at one point, he's going to put a good at bat, a good swing with men on, and uh, he's going to do some damage. But if you don't have traffic out there, you're going to keep nibbling, going to the edges. And, you know, they've they done a, a good job against him so far this, uh, this series. I know you don't like to manage other teams, but as a manager, how do you feel about a team changing course late in the season, changing their lineup? And as a fan, I feel like the noise is so loud around the Yankees that Alex Rodriguez can go on and say, I hate Judge as the leadoff hitter. And then Judge is not the leadoff hitter. But then you have a leadoff hitter in Glaber Torres, who's not a leadoff hitter. And then you have the young guys in last night at the bottom of the, of the order and Bader at the top. How do you feel about changing course this late in the game as a manager? Do you think that gives your guys a spark or do you think it could be a disadvantage? Like, what are your thoughts about changing the lineup and, uh, you know, listening to outside noise as far as your process and where you put your guys in? I, I can tell you by experience, right? Uh, Brock Hall hit for the cycle. And everybody in New England wanted him to play the next day against CC Sabathia, and he wasn't going to play. You know, that's the way he works, you know. And uh, it's not easy because I think where they at right now, you know, you have plan A, plan B, plan C, and nothing against the kids, but they're right now, this is who they are, this is who they have, you know, and you have to try what you think is going to work. Yesterday, they uh, they tried to put the ball in play, but that guy was amazing. And, you know, he struck out 10 or whatever it was and didn't walk one guy. It's not easy. It's not easy. But uh, I think Booney throughout the years have shown that, you know, he can cancel the noise. Uh, he, he, he's been good for them. Uh, they, they have a great thought process. They have a great process. And, uh, you know, if that was the lineup, they thought it was the best one yesterday. There's a reason behind. Uh, it's not just like they put a, your hat and put all the papers out in there and pick them. And this is what we do. Um, it's not easy when you don't have your guys. It's not. And you're playing probably against the best, you know, team right now in the, in the big leagues. And it's, it was going to be hard before when they were healthy. Imagine, you know, when they're hurt. But at the end of the day, they got Cortez, they got Cole. They're in a good spot, so it should be fun this weekend. Alex, thanks for breaking it down for us for a few minutes. Uh, appreciate your insight and your knowledge. I know you'd rather be, you know, at the stadium. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> on the bench. Uh, but I know it's fun to watch for you, too. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, breaking it down for us. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Be well. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, All man. Right. Good talking to you. That's Alex Cora, Red Sox manager with a lot of good insights. This is BXB, Bronx Baseball, Yankees podcast from Odyssey and WFAN. You can subscribe, follow, review. It's all free wherever you get your podcasts, along with Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Keith, Alex has the, you know, he's the mind of a manager. He's a good manager. He's won a World Series championship. He knows these teams very well. He seems to have at least some confidence coming back to New York. The Yankees are at least in a position where you're not chasing it because you're out of pitchers, that your best pitchers lost the first two games. Your best pitchers are actually coming up, and that's a way to get even. Yeah, he knows you can't count out Yankee Stadium in that environment. You can't count out any team. He spoke about upsets in baseball, upset in, upsets in sports, and uh, the Yankees are lined up to have their best going in front of their home fans. And he's a guy that has been with the Astros, that has been with – that's still with the the uh, Boston Red Sox that has faced the Astros, faced the Yankees. He knows he's, he's got a great vantage point. I'm glad he was able to join us. Um, I, I think it's great for baseball that we're in this tournament. It's, it's rough for Yankees fans, but there's drama and 
Uh, you know, there's a lot of people talking about it and the Yankees are hated nationally. Right. So this is a great storyline for people that want to see the Yankees crash and burn. But maybe they won't. Maybe they stand up in front of their fans this weekend. And Garrett Cole, who's been great, adds to what he's already done. And Nestor Cortez, who's been great, adds to what he's already done. All it takes is the Yankees to put bat to ball, stop striking out as much, score some runs and pitch well at home for this whole thing to change. And they're not out of it yet. Uh, it's a seven-game series. It ain't over till it's over. And I'm glad Cora could share some of his insight. And, uh, you know, he didn't come on here saying, hey, this is a wrap, folks. Uh, you know, they haven't need- – I love what he talked about with the Mariners series. He's like the casual baseball fan will say, oh, they dominated the, the uh, Mariners. No, they didn't. Those were close games. The ball bounced their way. Even last night, pun intended, the ball bounced their way. Hits yeah. off Alex Bregman into Jeremy Pena. He makes the throw. Uh, the ball bounced off the bat over the Crawford boxes for Alex Bregman. It didn't go that way for the Yankees, but that's two games out of seven potentially. It is now switched to New York, and it's in their the ball is in their court. It's in their hands to change this narrative. They could even up this series in two games, and we could come back Monday and be looking at a a a tie a tied series with the Yankees having a chance to go up three two. And the and the best part about that like is that. You're the pitchers in games one and two didn't get their butts kicked. You know, you're not afraid to see them again. You know, Jamison Tyone and Luis Severino both pitched pretty well. So if you're able to turn this around and get good performances and have luck on your side where you're, you know, you're somehow getting to, you know, two, two, you know, if it's not two, two, three, one, something, just get to game five. You're going to have pitchers that you are at least comfortable with because they have pitched well. And I think that the Yankees think about that, right? I think they're playing for a seven-game series. As a fan, it sucks. As a fan, you want them to win the game that they're in and worry about tomorrow later. But they are looking at the entire series, and there are games with just, I don't know, more more pressure on them. Home games, you got to win. They looked at these two games against Verlander and Valdez, two all-stars, two of the best pitchers in baseball, like, hey, it's going to be tough to beat them. And even though they were in those games close and lost, they probably look at it as, hey, we weren't blown out. We weren't dominated. We were we were in those games. So if we go home and, and handle business, there's a chance that the ball might bounce our way. And that's what I'm hoping for as a fan. I'll be there Saturday. I'll be there Sunday. We get day game. Uh, we get night games. Obviously, the first game will start in the day, but it'll go into the night and then Sunday night, like, I just think it it has it has the chance. There is an opportunity for it to be so crazy in there and for the Yankees to respond that like we could be in for an epic series and all you want is for them to win those three games or even two games and just force a game six, force a game seven where anything can happen. Now, and and you uh, you and Alex are in agreement on this. Uh, Jose Altuve is too good a hitter to keep going oh for whatever, right? Like he's going to break out at some point. But it's probably gonna if he if he gets any hits in these next couple of days or big ones, it's probably gonna feel like he responded to whatever is coming around. He is going to I'm get dreading it, Sweeney. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. They they chant out Tuve's name when he's not there for the last yeah. two years, three yeah. years almost, like 2020, 21, 22. Now we still hear these FL Tuve chants, and that's gonna give this guy power. And you can't control drunk idiots that want to come to the stadium for that reason. You can't control what people say once they pay for their tickets. I was saying on air last night, I'm using this platform on WFAN for as many people that can hear me. Do not give them any fuel. Do not add anything to it. I'm like, we don't want to go out like the Mets fans went out chanting cheater, cheater at Joe Musgrove when he's not a cheater. Leave the cheater stuff in 2017. Cheer for the Yankees. Be clever with what you say, but it, we can't have a chorus of F Altuve and then he comes out there and pops one over the fence. We can't have these cheater, cheater chants at Bregman and then he's scorching hot against us. We're going to look dumb on national television. Just come to the stadium fired up and ready to cheer on the Yankees. Be locked in on every pitch. Two strikes, two outs, stand up and uh, just don't give these Astros anything added. Like Cora just said to you, they're looking for that. They yeah. want anything to, to fire them up so that they can lock in even more. These are professional athletes playing at the highest level in the American League Championship Series. We don't need the fans to add anything else to that. And I'll tell you what, the I, I think the early, the first inning is going to be key here, right? Um, you want Judge and Stanton to do some damage. 
do it in the first inning. Get a lead. The Yankees just haven't had a lead these first. They they led one nothing, but the you know Astros came back in the bottom of that same inning, so uh, it, it didn't really count. Stanton's home run in Game Five, you know, was that everything mattered. changed yeah. the stadium. Changes everything. The other team's playing from behind. Now the Astros are a little different than Cleveland because they can hit the ball out of the ballpark, and you know Cleveland has a lot more trouble doing that, so it made it harder for them to come back. Astros can come back on one swing. We've seen that. But if you get a lead and start playing from ahead, you get to dictate. And it lets Cole do something different. It lets Cortez do something different. Uh, listen, Keith, we've talked about Garrett Cole a lot, right? And and you've been pretty blunt about what you expected from him in the regular season. He's delivered these last two. He's come on strong. Yeah, and he's about to face his former team. And I think he's October Cole right now. I think he's locked yeah. in. And I think he's got to be feeling better about himself because you know what? The postseason erases a regular season. So I can get over you giving up a six runs against the Mariners on a Wednesday at yeah. one o'clock because of what you did to stand up for this team and put this team on your back. Their first two postseason wins came behind Garrett Cole. Now they need to get their first win in this series and Garrett Cole will be on the mound in Yankee Stadium. Uh, we're looking forward to it. We're all behind him. Nobody's talking about he's not an ace now because you pay him the big bucks for what they do in October, and he's done it. So let's go, Cole. Let's go, Nestor. And let's go, Yankees fans. Focus on our guys. Uh, try and leave the F. Altuve chance at home. I know it's impossible. Fans flooded the streets after game five, and F. Altuve was ringing off, and we won Houston. Well, you got them. Here they are. You yes. want to be the best? You got to beat the best. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they we, we couldn't get it done in Houston, but we got to get it done in New York. Game three coming up Saturday. It's a five o'clock start. Game four is Sunday at seven o'clock and game five on Monday is four o'clock. Uh, we'll be there and a lot of you will be, too. And we'll be breaking it down again a little bit later on in the series. Thanks to everybody who's helped uh, get this going here these last couple of months. I hope you're enjoying these playoff shows. Thanks to Alex Cora. Go back and listen to that if you missed it. Um, it's a it's a good segment breaking down these two teams and who they are. Uh, Red Sox manager Alex Cora. Uh, thanks to everybody here. And remember that you can download, subscribe, follow, review. It's all free at Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. We're BXB. On Twitter, he is at Keith underscore McPherson. I am at Yankees WFAN. Our producer is Ryan Chichester. Thank you, everybody, for listening.